Do you like traveling? I love traveling. What about traveling with children? It can be very frustrating at times. Nadine from Michigan sent us a question. What are some fun things to do when traveling with kids? Stay tuned for some very creative ideas. Welcome to the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast, a show that lifts, encourages, supports, and educates mothers to do their best in their awesome responsibility to raise, teach, and champion the rising generation. Join us as we talk to and answer questions from mothers nationwide about the challenges, heartbreaks, joys, and lessons learned from one mother to another. Welcome to another episode of the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast. I'm Tamara K. Anderson and, and I'm Deanne Taylor. And we're so excited to be here with you guys today talking about traveling with children. And we've all done this. And there are awesome travel moments and there are terrible travel moments. I have a vivid <laughs> memory of we were driving from Arizona, where my family lives, to Texas, where we lived. And one of our children got the stomach bug. We're pulling over like every hour. And we ended up buying giant Ziploc bags, you know, the gallon Ziploc bags, so that if he got sick, he could throw up in that. And then we would just throw it away. But not so fun memories of traveling with children. <laughs> That is so hard. That is so hard when they get sick. Yes. And car sickness too. You have to oh, do yes. that too. In fact, we just a couple of weeks ago drove to Washington state with our granddaughters and one of them is prone to car sickness. So we strategically placed her in the back seat so she could see out the window. Mm -hmm. We knew devices were not a good thing because then you're looking down, but she made it all the way through. It took us a 12 hour trip. Wow. She and her older sister, who is 12, no devices the entire trip. Wow. That is quite impressive. I have I to was, admit. I was really excited. <laughs> I have to admit, especially with my ones on the autism spectrum, we try to keep them off for a certain amount of time and then we give them to them just so that we can have a decent trip the rest of the way. Because <laughs> our trips are usually about 12 hours if we're visiting family either in California or Arizona. I thought we would have to do that because they're spending so much time on their devices. But I introduced them to some games that their dad used to play with us in the car. And that was I Spy With My Little Eye. Remember uh, that one? Yes. And in case you don't know, someone finds something off in the distance and you have to guess what it is. They give you a clue and you have to guess what it is. And then the alphabet game. Oh, yes. We've played the alphabet game. That's a my, fun one. The youngest, who's eight, said it took us two hours to find the whole alphabet because <laughs> we were going through a rural area. But she was determined to finish this. Oh, we've gone through the alphabet with a song. It goes like this. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, P, Q, R, S, T, U, V, W, X, Y, Z. And then the first person starts out, hi, my name is Annie and my husband's name is Al. We come from Arizona and we grow apples. And so you have to do different. And then everybody oh, sings wow. A, B, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M. And then the next person is B. So hi, my name is Bertha. And, you know, 
Well, that that gets some. <laughs> anyway, my husband's name is B, or my spouse's name is B. We come from, and you have to put a B word in, and then, and we grow, or we raise, or we whatever it is, and we grow bananas. It doesn't have to be logical. No, it is, and sometimes you are laughing your head off because some of the things kids come up with, you're like, "Wow, okay." (laughs) I have never done that. That is so much fun. It's a fun little game. So that's one of the ones that we've done in addition to the find the alphabet game on the signs on the side of the road and stuff like that. Wow. Wow. (laughs) That is really fun. Too bad I have to do that with a grandparents trip. Absolutely. We'll do that. What are some of the other things that you have seen that are good ideas for doing in a car if you're trying to keep kids off of their devices? I need to tell you, Lynn S. from South Dakota, when she had young children, she took a big bundle of pipe cleaners. The children could just take the pipe cleaners and then make necklaces or bracelets or big long chains. What else they do? They did robots, buildings, animals. They were very creative. They did it either by themselves or sometimes they'd team up and make some interesting creations. She said most of the time they were pretty good about sharing, but she had a lot mm-hmm. and a lot of different colors. I yeah. thought that was a fascinating thing I'd never thought about. That- I had a couple of trips where uh, I planned far in advance, especially when we're doing these super long road trips with kids, where oh. I would go to a dollar store and I would buy a bunch of little gifts for my kids. And then I would wrap them. And at every certain point in time, I'd say, okay, it's time for another gift. And my kids would get all excited. Oh, I get another present. They would open it. It was something that they could either eat or they could play with or those little dollar store games. They're not very expensive and they don't have to last very long. You can even throw them away when you arrive. You don't have to keep them, but sometimes just something new and different can make a difference if you're trying to stay electronics free. (laughs) Well, and just change the environment. That's exciting to get a gift. Oh yeah. Besides that, it gives you a chance to stop. And that's something else you need to stop frequently to stretch legs and potty breaks and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. And it it seems like they get along better. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we just rotated seats. Oh, that's a good idea. Not everybody's in the middle. Or if you're in a van, not everybody's in the back all the time. Mm -hmm. I won't tell you how we traveled. It was before seatbelt laws. Well, I remember traveling before seatbelt laws too. And we had a station wagon. We would put everybody in the back and try not to touch the side when mom turned a corner. So you can't do that anymore. (laughs) We had a camper and we put a bed in the back. So same thing. Same thing, different laws and rules now. It's probably better and more safe and all of that. But um, you can get creative. I think one of the things we also planned, especially when we were doing longer than a 12-hour drive, was strategically stopping at different places. I remember we ended up stopping at a children's museum in Lincoln, Nebraska, that ended up being one of my favorite places I think I've ever taken my children. It was just, okay, what's in Lincoln, Nebraska that we can stop at? 
that was our plan. Stop. The kids didn't want to leave. That was the only problem. Right. They're like, daddy, please. Can we stay longer? He's like, no, we need to go. Planning strategic stops where the kids will love to get out and get some of their energy out before they get back in. The car. That's a really good idea. We did an air museum in Ohio. Mm. It was harder to get my husband out of there <laughs> than the kids. Our oldest son, if he was with us, he was in college at the time, so he didn't go with us. He's an A-10 pilot. Mm. So he would have stayed right there with his dad as long as they would have. But I think that's a good idea is to plan something along the way to break up the monotony, mm-hmm. the sameness of driving. Yeah. And state parks or state monuments or national monuments or national parks can often be good little, well, national park would be hard to do just as a quick stop, but those state parks or, you know, national monuments are actually usually pretty fast. Right. There's one on the highway in I-80 in the middle of Wyoming. There's a tree growing out of a rock in the middle of the interstate. Wow. And you can have a pull off. And that was close to where the, the train used to go by that area. So it is a monument to the workers who built the the track for the train. Yeah. So little stops like that, they don't even have to be more than 10, 15 minutes, but they make for fun little stops and you'll find stuff all over. (laughs) Right. Right. You mentioned audio books, something that we did. I'm going to call it a playlist, although it was a tape back then. But we did a playlist of songs that we liked, and it was probably about two hours long. Wow. So the last potty break before we were heading home is usually when we did this, because we knew the time was about two hours from that stop to when we got home, we'd put that playlist in. We'd just have fun with it. Some would sing, some wouldn't. Some go, I'm tired of that song. But they never asked how long before we get home because they knew the song list and they knew how close we were going to be to home. And invariably we were within five minutes of home when the last song ended. Wow. That's pretty amazing. I like that that idea. Yeah. That was really fun. Even to this day, how many years later, decades later, they go, I still like that song. That was the last song that played before we got home. (laughs) Cause they were almost home. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That is awesome. I think this is a good time to share a video from a listener in Fargo, North Dakota. Emily sent this to us and said that her family has many opportunities to travel since her husband is a geographer. Let's listen to the tips from Emily. One thing that's really helped my family to travel well together is setting the intention for our travel. We're all so busy in our daily lives that When we travel, we know that it's our time together. It's our time to focus on being involved with one another and not on devices. So just having that intention set ahead of time and kind of knowing what to expect with our travels, it's been really helpful. Our kids are good travelers, so we bring them along on a lot of different trips. We've had the chance to go to many different countries, Singapore, Portugal, Australia, Japan. So we've been very blessed that way. But we do it because our kids travel well, and 
we have a lot of fun together. It's our special time making memories as a family. And when we set out with that intention, it really makes the trip go more smoothly. Thank you, Emily, for sharing that with us. I like that you used the word intention. It seems that we all do better when we understand the purpose or expectation of an event, especially when we travel. We're going to take a quick break, but when we get back, we'll talk about airplane travel and some other amazing ideas that will make traveling with your kids a little more fun. Stay tuned. We thank all of our loyal listeners. We appreciate your support, and especially when you share the mom to mom podcast with your friends. Please follow American Mothers on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. We look forward to hearing from you and possibly sharing your comments. So please send us your comments, your thoughts, and your questions. You can email us at podcast at americanmothers.org. Welcome back. We've been talking about ways to make traveling with children fun. And we've talked about traveling in the car and things that you can do there to make it fun. And now we're going to talk a little bit about traveling by plane. So Deanne, traveling by plane, we have done that when we lived in the far South and we would have to travel all the way to California to see my husband's family. That was when we would actually get on a plane because it was very, very, very long drive. At that point, we had to book the flight. (laughs) I bet that was fun. I bet you booked early. Oh, we did. And we also discovered that we did not like traveling at the holidays because often we ended up with delays. I remember we were stranded at DFW, Dallas-Fort Worth Airport for eight hours because of weather challenges during the holidays. That's when my husband looked at me and said, we are not traveling to visit family at Thanksgiving anymore. (laughs) Well, it's such a short visit too. It is. It is. It is. And so sometimes you have to weigh the pros and cons. Is it worth the cost or not? But unfortunately, we've always lived farther away from family. And so we don't have the advantages of just being able to pop, do a 10 minute drive to grandma's house. Our grandmas live far away. So ours is not uh, across country, but we always had to drive. And that was our planned vacations, basically. Uh huh. But as far as traveling with kids on airplanes, I think one of the things that it's important to do is bring something for them to help pop their ears when they're traveling up and down. That rise into the sky is very painful. I remember being a child and traveling by plane once. I don't know if the cabin depressurized or what, but being in such pain and my mom trying to help me. Maybe I just have a really hard memory of that, but I remember it hurt my ears a whole bunch. So that is one of the keys is making sure they're comfortable. Piece of gum for kids who are old enough to have gum or a little snack for them to eat. I used to always nurse my babies for takeoff and landing when we were flying with infants. And that seemed to be really, really helpful. It's a good idea to do the same thing when you're traveling cross country. Oh, yeah. Because Well, except I couldn't nurse my baby. (laughs) No, you can't do that. But taking something along because the mountains in the west, up and down, you can get pretty high elevation and then come down quickly. That's true. And going to Washington, my grandkids were complaining about ears. So I gave them something chewy. And just that teaching them to yawn trying to yawn. 
that's true. That's true. They can do that too, but it's more fun if they have something to eat. I, I agree. Traveling, either way you travel, you should have something for air pressure. You're right. Absolutely. Little <laughs> snacks are great to help break up the monotony of sitting still for so long. Now, experts recommend also traveling with a favorite toy, a blanket, and a device for the children, especially when you're on an airplane with other people, trying to keep them happy and calm. We've all been next to somebody with a crying baby. Actually, if I ever am, I just end up praying for the person the whole flight because I know how stressful that is on the parents to have a child who is so, so unhappy during the flight. So Anyway, but favorite toy, favorite blanket, things that help them feel like they're comfortable and at home. That's super helpful. We've talked quite a bit about traveling with children and how to make it more fun, but we haven't talked about planning a vacation. That can be pretty overwhelming. Lizzie from McLean, Virginia has some really good advice about planning a vacation. Awesome. Why don't you share with us her advice? I will do that. I'm Lizzie Conroy, the 2017 Virginia Mother of the Year. And when we travel with our kids, we always ask them ahead of time to pick an activity out or a place they wanna go, wherever our destination is that they would like to do so that they feel invested in the trip. And it's funny because my son, he, he loves his Xbox, but he knows that when we travel, we do not travel with the Xbox. So our best trip ever was when we went to Yellowstone National Park because you really cannot even get cell service in most of the park. And it's just a day filled of beauty and wonder outdoors and hiking. And so I would really encourage you if you've never taken your children to a national park, there's so many of them, and that is a fantastic trip to take. I really like what Lizzie told us about having the children help you plan where you're going on a vacation. We did this one major trip that we took with our children, we went to some historical sites, and we decided that if it was going to be a huge vacation, it was a two-week trip, it was all travel in the car, and we wanted them to have a say in what we were doing, otherwise it would not there again, it would not be a pleasant trip. And the surprises, some of my children don't love surprises anyway. So mm. they like to be a part of the planning so they know what to do. So they helped us decide what locations we we're going to. Then we put each of those locations on a piece of paper and put them in a box. All of us picked out a piece of paper or two, depending on how old they are and what they got. For our family, we talked about family council before, and this is what we did every week they would, one of them would report, okay, I had this location and this is what I found out about this location. Oh. So we'd have a little history lesson each week, just five minutes, just telling us about where we were going. But then on the trip, on the way to the location as we were driving, they would remind us what it was about. Mm. They were engaged and they enjoyed that. It was a good experience for them. Yeah. I love that. That is a really, really great idea. You mentioned that some kids are stressed when they travel. I have two on the autism spectrum, as I explained before, and anything that is outside of the normal schedule is stressful to mm -hmm. children on the autism spectrum. And so one of the things that we've learned to do is to write out a schedule. Now my child can read, but before they could read, you can even draw little pictures or they have something called PECS, P-E-C-S. Most 
parents with children with special needs know what they are. They're just little icons or pictures that represent something. And the child learns to understand what that represents. And so you can easily draw little pictures or print off little pictures of okay, here's Monday and here's what we're going to do on Monday. And you can show a picture of you getting in the car and then maybe an airport and then maybe an airplane. And then, you know, that they get to watch a movie on the airplane or whatever they're going to do on the airplane. Then they're going to go to another airport and then you're going to go to a hotel and then you're going to go to the beach or something like that, but laying out the day visually so that they can see this is what's going to happen. And when we travel now, we make a list, a daily list, so that our son can see, okay, here is what we're doing on this day. We have it on our big calendar at home that we're going on a trip. And of course, he tries to erase it because he doesn't want to go. He'd rather stay home. But sometimes that's when I have to write it in pen because it can't be erased. And then he'll scribble it out. But we, we do our best. Breaking it down, whether you have little children or children with special needs, so that they can see visually what's going to happen. It makes them less anxious that they can see okay, here's what's happening. They can check off. Okay. We did that already. We did that build in some rewards or some prizes in there that they get something that they look forward to, whether it's a treat or whether it's maybe some time on a device, or maybe it's a special toy, or they get to open a present or something like that. Things that they enjoy that make the travel more enjoyable for them and that they know what to expect. That's a really good idea. I think all of us like to have plans. Oh, absolutely. And when you have a structure, it really helps your family understand. But does it always work? You know, once we get him in the car, he usually gives in. The last time we drove to Arizona, he threw a huge tantrum before we left because he didn't want to go to grandma and grandpa's house in the car. But once he was in the car, he calmed down because he knew this was on the schedule. This is what you expect. We kept showing him the clipboard with the schedule and thank goodness he did calm down. And I know not every family is that fortunate, but (laughs) he was okay during the trip. He never travels super great, but he was tolerable. (laughs) You've had enough experience that you know what to expect. Yes. That helps you get through the process. Yes. We try to build enough of his normal schedule into our travel. So he feels more comfortable. For example, part of his normal schedule is walking in the morning, eating breakfast, walking, and then reading a book on CD or an audio book and doing a puzzle. So if we can incorporate a little bit of his normal routine into our vacation, even while the other parent takes the other kids somewhere else. And we kind of do the rotate thing. We've also traveled with a young woman from our church before so that we could leave her with our son at the hotel while we take the kids to do other things. Sometimes you have to get a little creative because you know that your child with special needs isn't going to love every single part of it. So think outside the box if you need to. I like that idea. My husband had to work six days and he couldn't travel. So when we went to visit family, especially when my children were younger, I would take a neighborhood girl with me mm-hmm. to help watch the children while I drove. Yeah, that's because a good idea. I, I couldn't drive and take care of four children in the back. <laughs> yeah, I totally understand that. Also, there's always those unexpected things that come up. Mm-hmm. And your children, if you're on a vacation and you had all these things planned, Sometimes you have to be willing to give something up 
or leave something off the table so you could spend time and give your children that downtime that they need. Yeah. And do something unexpected. Maybe there's an activity at the hotel or there's an activity in the city. Maybe they're doing a pottery class or something. Maybe your children would like to go to the pottery class at the park instead of going to another museum. Mm-hmm. Speaking of museums, I also had written down about staycations with gasoline and all the prices going up. Don't forget staycations. There's a lot of things that you don't get time to go see around your neighborhood. Treat it as a vacation and just block everything out and spend that time two or three days or just one day staycation, whatever. But do something. I would take my children to the museum Mm -hmm. when we lived near Phoenix, Arizona they had a really nice art museum in Phoenix. I'd take my children there and people would go, that's a weird place to take your children. I go, well, I wanted to get some culture in their lives <laughs> because I appreciate art. I wanted them to have that experience. So what we would do, I'd say, okay, sit on this bench. And I want you to look at that picture. What title would you give that picture? What mm. would you call that if that was yours? And they came up with some really good titles. Mm-hmm. And then I said, now let's go look and see what the artist named it. Mm. And they go, I like mine better. <laughs> <laughs> and I go, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Yeah. But it helped them appreciate art, but also evaluate what they saw versus what the artist saw. That is There's really a lot of things, like you said, think outside the box. You can be creative mm-hmm. in the things that are going to fit your family and make that a good experience for you. And remember, it's the children's vacation, not mom or dad's vacation. So make sure you are aware. That's why you have them help plan it. So you incorporate those things that they like to do. So it's just not, uh, we're going on another family vacation. Awesome. You're building memories. You're building experiences. Absolutely. Something else, we were talking about family vacations. Oh. You were telling me to be sure to be okay with taking breaks. And you were telling us about Nathan, when you go to Disneyland with him, helping me wrap my mind around not going with my children and grandchildren and going with my 88 year old sister. Yeah. And I'd say a couple of ideas for theme parks is to realize that young children can only tolerate so much newness and excitement for so long. I've seen so many unhappy children at Disneyland, which makes for unhappy parents. And so make sure that you go at a pace that is sustainable for them. Go first thing in the morning, go back to the hotel for a nap and come back. If you have a child or uh, maybe an adult with a disability that a lot of these theme parks do have disability passes that will help you be able to maybe spend the time that you would spend waiting in line, sitting in the shade where there's less stimulation or something like that. So be aware to take advantage of that. Another thing to be aware of is that if you're taking children to a place that is very crowded is to right when you get there, show them what a worker in the park looks like. And if you get lost, go talk to them or meet us at this specific spot and we will come and find you. So make a plan in case people do get separated. I remember vividly my younger sister getting lost at an amusement park when she was very young and it freaked us all out. Thank goodness we were able to find her, but having a plan goes a long way. (laughs) I totally agree with that one. 
because our oldest was oh, less than seven. We were at a park with our friends and probably 15 minutes or 30 minutes before the event happened, we told all the children, you stay right where you are. If we get separated, you turn around and we're not there. Don't you move. Well, if you're in the road, get on the curb, you know, (laughs) don't run over by a trolley or a horse or anything going around the park because you don't know where we're going, but we know where we've been. Mm. So within 30 minutes, we're walking around. I turn around and go, oh no, where is he? Mm -hmm. And three of us went to look and he was standing right there. And I said, oh, I'm so proud of you for staying here. He says, well, mommy told me to. I go, it is good to have a plan. It is good to have a plan. um, They can't always find workers that easily. That is true. That is true. So if they stay where they are and they're by themselves, a worker will find them. Yeah. You will know where they are. You can go find them. Yeah. That isn't going to work in all places, but for that specific time, it did. There are a whole bunch of websites and with excellent information about traveling with children at home, abroad, and not everything we have mentioned here will apply to all vacations, but we will be sure to include links to these websites in the show notes if you would like to do further research on traveling with your family. We'd like to thank you, our listeners, for your continued support. Please help us spread the word about the podcast. Be sure to like, leave a comment, and share episodes of the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast on all your social media outlets. We can best support each other as mothers if we share good things that will help us all with our families. So remember to listen, like, comment, and share. Have you ever wondered what a fifth grader would write about their mother? Well, join us next week to hear the 2022 fifth grade essay contest winner and what she has to say about her mother. My name is Tracy Heeman and I'm mother of the year of Vermont. I've discovered that I'm way stronger than I ever, ever thought I could be. That goes back to my husband's accident and trying to care for him and raise my four children, well, actually three children, and then adopted our fourth children during all of that and everything we've been through with our adoptive daughter. And I hate even saying that word adoptive daughter. She's my daughter. Just like I have 19 bonus kids. I think that is what I am most proud of is how I found my strength. You find strength when you never even knew you had it when you're put in a circumstance like I was. And I think that is where I found my strength that I never knew I had. Thanks so much for listening to today's show. If you like what you heard, subscribe so you can get your weekly dose of mom to mom encouragement. We understand that being a mother can be overwhelming, but we hope that you found something useful you can apply to your own life. We invite you to share this episode with a friend who might also enjoy the message. The mission of American Mothers is to support mothers, empowering them to positively impact their families and communities. We want each one of you to discover and share your innate, inherent, and natural abilities to bless your children and others. The primary purpose of this podcast is to educate and inform. 
The views, information, or opinions expressed during the American Mothers Mom to Mom podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of American Mothers Incorporated, its members, or employees. AMI is not responsible for, nor does it verify, the accuracy of the information contained in the podcast, nor does the series constitute any professional advice or services. We look forward to visiting with you one mom to another next week. Until then, just do your best at mothering, and remember you're not alone. You've got an army of mothers all around you cheering you on.